1: Da 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 da. da-da-da. eyes. I ninety five Sports Network on a beautiful Friday, Mr. Weissman? How you doing, Arrow? Good. Good to see you again, man. How you doing? Feeling more awake today, huh? Um, Feeling better? Not, not really. Oh yeah. Why would the it? Show won? must go on. Oh, the show must go on. Oh God, Lord help us. I ninety five
2: Sports Network. Number to call is one six zero five five six two eight zero zero one. Press five to join the conversation. You also listen to this show on. Uh, www.i95sportsnetwork.com. If you check social media, we posted what we'll be talking about today, so you're up to date. We got the Yankees. Sonny Gray made his Yankees debut the other just the other day, and it wasn't terrible,
1: but it wasn't great either. You know what the ironic thing is? He goes to statistically one of the worst defensive teams in baseball, and the Oakland A's comes back in the first inning. Goes to I don't know what the rankings are with the Yankees, but more of one of the Better. The better just uh, defensive teams and, and what happens in the first inning gives up two errors. It ends up being three errors in the first inning,
2: but two unearned runs got to Sonny Gray.
1: And I, I didn't listen, I am not making excuses. I think in his career he hasn't pitched well in progressive field, but nonetheless it was it was a good start. It was overshadowed by what possibly is the second best pitcher in the American league. Top five pitcher in the MLB. I don't know what
2: what, what performance by Dallas Keuchel? not Dallas Keuchel? Uh, Corey Kluber the other day. I guess Dallas Keuchel
1: and Corey Kluber. They shoot. throw they throw with two different arms. Like how you confuse them? I don't
2: know. Just they came into they came up big at pretty much the same time. The did
1: yeah. the they? Yeah, did they? They did.
2: But Corey Kluber's been outstanding in his last ten starts with minimum of eight strikeouts uh, within the last ten
1: outings. He he has had in his last ten starts. Yeah, in his last 10 starts, he had nine. Not all starts were 10K games. In that stretch, he's had 100, even 120 strikeouts to 13 walks, in an ERA under 1 and 3 quarters, 1.70 ERA. This guy, if he didn't miss all of May, Steven, because he only pitched three innings in May, he would. We would be talking about Chris Sale and Corey Kluber as potential Cy, you know, as a Cy Young battle right now. I mean, right now, it's cool. I mean, Sale looks like he's going to end up with 300 strikeouts. And, you know, after that, there's not really a discussion. So, But um, that was, I think he pitched
2: fine. Sonny Gray was fine. You know what? It was his first start, and it really wasn't his fault. It was errors from Chase Headley at first, which was inexcusable, if you ask me. Then the throw from overthrow from Clint Frazier. And I can't think of the other one. Errol,
1: was it Theres? Who's playing second last night? I don't know.
2: It wasn't last night.
1: Sonny Gray it was last night, my friend.
2: It was last night. <sighs> it's been a it's been a long day. Oh, Jesus, Stephen. And the
1: it's
2: day, only two, it's o'clock. two o'clock. The day hasn't begun yet, and I haven't even gone to my other job yet. But you know what? Sonny Gray ha- had his start, and Iron Judge is still struggling. He did hit a home run the other day. But uh, I'm not really liking what I see from Aaron Judge as of lately.
1: No, he – listen, since the All-Star break, going in the last night, he's hitting 170 four home runs, and I think like
0: eight
1: RBIs or something, something like that. Um, his OPS is not great. His on-base percentage is terrible. He's on pace to have over 150 strikeouts already, and he struck out – he has a strikeout streak of 25 games.
2: Are you getting 25 ready twenty five games? Are you
1: getting ready to buy me most? <sighs> I mean if he keep listen, he can
2: hit for a low average all he wants if he keeps hitting home runs. Hey, and they're coming every once in a while, Errol. It's not like it was since before the All Star game. And do we really think the home run derby is the cause of this?
1: No, I don't you know what I, I was looking at the stats line um yesterday and Justin Bohr who was hitting well, was on the D L now. Miguel Sano was having struggles, not as much as Aaron Judge, but he was having his own struggles. Gary Sanchez has been hitting since the home run derby. Um, Charlie Blackman I actually didn't look into. Cody Bellinger. Cody Bellinger has been struggling. Cody Bellinger has been struggling since his two-homer game back in June. He had a double-dong game. So he – I don't I'm not blaming – I really don't want to blame the home run derby because you know what Judge said that? It best. It's, it's batting practice. So what's the difference between this and batting practice? Now, you'll go on for a lot longer, but I don't. The kid's too mentally. T- to me, the, I haven't seen signs of this kid being mentally weak. To get all. For his swing to get altered by a. Um, by, wow, I blanked out. By a, by a home run derby. So I'm not the only tired one here. Now, we see. Oh, I'm not tired. I just. I was looking at your beautiful face, and I, I lost Sorry. all train of thought. But listen, we. And we have seen the other way. We have seen this happen after the home run derbies. David Wright happened. Josh Hamilton happened. You know what happens? People get in slumps. Steven, when you... Look at Stanton, though. Stanton, oh, Stanton's hitting the ball everywhere. You, I Actually, of all people, I forgot about it. The number one seed. Stanton, Stanton has been fantastic since the home run. He derby. wasn't
2: in it as long as other players. No, know?
1: but I don't think it... Nick. Come on, man. That doesn't make a difference. Do you really think that makes that much of no. a difference?
2: So, it's, it's tough to really have a conclusion to why George is struggling so badly right now. But if he keeps this up... Be sure that Errol will will be buying me most once
1: October. Well, he has thirty. Once, f- act, act September, the end of September hits. It's the end of September. Yeah, it's the regular November season. season. Thirty-four yeah. home runs. I need twenty-six more, or sixteen more. Excuse, Excuse me. Nice math there. I'm an Englishman. I don't think he sixteen more. Sixteen more. T- <sighs> he's got two months. Two months? I can't see it. I just the
2: way he's hitting right now. But you know, uh, the who
1: the Yankees playing this weekend?
2: Cleveland. Oh, this, uh, it's a four-game series. Yeah, Cleveland.
1: and this is this is Jordan Montgomery's last chance on Saturday. Now I have to ask you. First of all, the the issue that I have, I'm not really sure Jaime Garcia, who's overtaking Montgomery, who will be overtaking him in the that, rotation that spot.
3: Real, that, that's I, what, I,
1: it's what we're getting. At. Joe hasn't come out and said it, but that's what we're getting. Because who are you going to send down? He's not a bullpen. I don't want to put him in the bullpen. I don't think you can send down anyone in the bullpen right now. Uh, from, so what are they
2: going to do with Montgomery?
1: Send, your- send him down apparently. Um really? I'm not really sure Jaime Garcia is better than Jordan Montgomery. Jordan Montgomery is, is 15th in swinging strike rate. And the guy, the guy gets the people swing and miss. So Jaime, Jaime, oh, Jaime Garcia, I really don't have a lot of confidence in Not more. I know Montgomery struggled. He only went two and two-thirds in his last start against the Rays. I, I would rather have Montgomery. The Jaime Garcia He's train. He's one of the most consistent players. Yeah. And, and now, listen, over the past month, like his last six starts, aside from the Red Star, oh, where yeah. he was brilliant, have been kind of rough. They haven't been good. He got beat up in Minnesota. Um, We all know what happened in Tampa Bay. For some reason, his other starts are, I'm blanking on, but Boston, he had a hard time. It's in Boston. Yeah, you know, I don't really. I, I don't trust Garcia. I think Garcia was an insurance. If they didn't get great, but now they have great. Stephen, I have to ask you. Well, I mean, Cashman said himself
2: whether it was we were getting great or not. i say Garcia had nothing to do with that because they got they basically got him for nothing. Yeah,
1: I don't really. I I didn't see it. What yeah, they he had an interview.
2: Up. Um, but no. Um, he well, had a couple. Cashman
1: gave uh two lower a prospects. All right, so it really. Which was weird on the Twins part. I, I saw your tweet, uh, or was it our account's tweet? Someone tweeted on our account. Jaime Garcia, Hall of Fame career of a twin, if you ask me. You yeah. uh, made one start. I, it was incredible. I've never seen a team go from buyer mode, and then a week later have a bad stretch of seven games. They lose six straight, and then they all of a sudden turn into sell.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, Cashman said they were always on touch with Jaime Garcia for a while now. They were trying to get him – before he got traded to Minnesota from Atlanta and just didn't pan out, they wanted to keep him a little longer. Eventually, got uh, we still touched base with him. Got traded to Minnesota. Talked to Minnesota. You
1: know, I'm curious what, and we have confirmation. Um, Rob Tap will be on with us at two. Ooh, excuse me, it's two thirty. So, um, Stephen, I really don't see. I want to see what Jaime Garcia gets. This, this is the first time he's pitching in the American League. We all know it's tougher in theory, even though the standings don't say that. So I'm going to be curious to see if he struggles, what do you do with him? Do you DFA him? I mean, you get him for virtually nothing to get him. So do you DFA him or do you, and then you bring Montgomery back up? So I'm curious. I think you should go six man. You know, the numbers say. It never works, though. The numbers say Tanaka works better with it. And if that's your ace or ace and co ace now with Gray here, if you whoever you want to consider the ace. Then do everything to help him. Do everything to help CeCe. CeCe's down all of a sudden so he can use the extra rest. Montgomery will shave the innings from Montgomery, who I assume is on an England's limit. Even though they haven't really come out and said it, I would I would put a six man out there.
2: Uh, it's not a bad idea, but you know, in w- what we've seen with the Mets, six man doesn't really work. And uh, but it's all up to Joe Girardi, Brian Cashman. We'll have to see what happens with that, but. You know, uh, transitioning on to the other side Ah. of New York. Ah. Team's actually back home. Ah. We said it last week, Errol. It's time. It was Ahmed Rosario time this week. Ahmed Rosario made his MLB debut on Tuesday. I believe it was was Tuesday, correct?
3: Yes.
1: Yes. So, he had – was it Tuesday he got his triple? No, it was the day after. He didn't single his first game, and then the triple was uh, Saturday night. And then he hit or, another or Wednesday triple. night. Then he hit
2: another triple yesterday. Yesterday's triple was much better than his first one. The first one was kind of fluky, if you ask me. I mean, you could have put him at second base, but a uh, fan interfered with the baseball, and so on and so on. But I like what we've seen from Ahmed Rosario so far, Errol. He's been fantastic. Defensively. Besides that, misplay in the ninth inning on in his debut on yeah. Tuesday, and that, that was just a ball that was hit really hard, jumped up on him. I was a rookie. I was. I'm not too worried about that. But his speed, defensively, his range. This guy has something the Mets haven't had since
1: Jose Reyes was in his prime. Yeah, speed on the base bat. A young, energetic infielder who a guy
2: who can angle the bases. Like, nobody else can. He got to, from first to third in 11.1 seconds yesterday. On a Wednesday. It
1: was, a, it was Wednesday, right? Yesterday. When did he hit the triples? He hit two triples. Oh, did he, oh yesterday too? You I wasn't watching a game yesterday. Um, but I know Twitter blew up when it happened on Wednesday. That's what I was going by. Yeah. You know, this week completely backfired on me. I specifically re-downloaded DraftKings. For anyone who know, I used to be very big on the DraftKings. used to do every sport. Now I only do it during football season after Stephen bombarded me to stop for, well, oh, years. I specifically, Stephen, I specifically downloaded it for this series. When I saw it was Chris Flexen, when I saw it was Stephen Matz, and when I saw it was Rafael Montero. And Wednesday is the only time it really worked out for me, and I picked mostly Rockies. There was a lot less runs scored in this game. The Mets had a chance, very good chance, to sweep this series. I don't know what the hell that was yesterday. I can't. The, Hansel Robles, who I had defended on this show for the past year, I can't do it anymore, comes out and says through, and we find out through his interpreter, I, I couldn't really feel my fingers, but you know, I, I thought I'd give it a try. And you, wait, what? You're hurting the team. You're hurting the team by doing that. If you can't, you, I can't. Mark Craig said it best today on Twitter. I can't wrap my head around how erratically dangerous that is to throw a 96 mile an hour fastball when you can't feel your fingers. You're throwing a baseball, Steven? Yes. It's not soft, is it? No. Imagine if you couldn't feel your hand while you're throwing. You had no idea where it was going. I couldn't. Oh God. I can't, I can't deal with it. But Steven Rosario's up. Don um, Smith, man. I mean, he he looks like he's tired of the minor leagues. I mean, he looks pissed, which I lo- I like that. So when he comes up, hopefully he'll he'll he'll, he'll be the rake, man. Now something, uh, di- Steven, a dynamic that I like with these two young players. You know, there's scattered reports say they're very good defensively, especially Don Smith. I mean, there's been a lot of rave about his defense in the minor leagues, which is something that we need. Lucas Duda. Yeah, it was fun when he hit three home runs in a game that you're already losing ten nothing. Um he wasn't great defensively and we knew that. He was a big, lovable, lucky guy. Average. Yeah, he wasn't good. He wasn't good. He was a big, lovable, lucky lucky guy. We all love the we follow Lucas Duda account, which is now property of Tampa Bay Rays. Which is just, it's 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 <laughs> it's a little heartbreaking, but yeah, everyone raves about Dom Smith's defense. You're getting better defensively at shortstop third base. I I don't want I I can't. Steven, you said it last week and I don't want to accept it. If a Cabrera is the third baseman on this team next year, I'm just going to lose it.
2: I I mean, I want a Cabrera to be the third baseman next year. Why? Because I think he's a good fit for this team still. I think he said it the other day, you know, he's done playing shortstop, for his career. He wants to be a versatile player like a Ben Zobris type who the Mets basically begged for uh, Zobras to come up to the Mets. But now they have this guy in control and Azubu Cabrera, a veteran that can hit good, uh, very, very close with some of the teammates, uh, Jose Reyes want to with us. and I think Cabrera is a guy that will hit in the clutch and yeah, some pop. Obviously, he had a nice double off the off the wall yesterday, and I I think this guy could be a big help if they want to compete in 2018. And if he's gonna make the same amount of Mustakis, you know what? I think he makes less than Mustakis. Oh, next year I think Mustakis is gonna want a lot of money next year. And yes, the Mets have it, but when you have a guy that you know, probably not as good defensively as. Oh no, defense. no, I'm
1: probably he's not. And Obviously, he's just a flat out no.
2: But you have up the middle defensively, you have Rosario there. Then you're gonna have Smith at first base.
1: Whatever combo you want to have with Rivera or, or Flores, I'd be okay with them at second base. I, I,
2: I don't know if I'm completely sold on that, and I don't think the Mets are either. If I, you I think they put okay
1: Cabre- with, Cabrera at second,
2: I'm fine with Jose Reyes at second.
1: Steven, isn't the goal to get a little bit younger? I mean, we just we're we're on the straight line now. We're on we're on inclines on zero on the treadmill. Uh, isn't the job to get a blue How old's Miguel? Alex. Oh God, imagine. We know Flores can...
2: cannot play every day at second base. We Four, know that. We know that he can hit. The Mets know he cannot play defensively can every hit. single day,
1: though. It, how old's Cabrera? Mid thirties, right? Mid thirties. Mustaka is going. Mustaka is going to be 29 by the time next season rolls around. Turns 29 this summer. He just hit a career high forty. He's going to hit forty home runs this year. And if we put him there, and people are asking me on Twitter, um, well, what if you know? What do you do with Bruce? What do you do with right field? If I get Mustakis, I'm okay with giving Brandon Nimmo a shot. It's a young, it's an it's an energetic guy. And someone told me, well, if Brandon Nimmo was a star, he would have been up years ago. I don't need him to be a star. I need him to give me production that Esteban Cabrera gives me. Which I don't think. He can do that. Which it's a little – you don't think – right now, Estrubo Cabrera is on pace to hit, and it's a little hard to dictate because of the fact that he missed time. He's only on pace to play 127 games from Estrubo Cabrera. 261, 14 home runs, and only 48 RBIs. He's on pace for it this year. You don't think Brandon Nimmo could give you that? We haven't seen – I mean, I have no evidence that he can't. Can't stay on the field. I, the guy had a collapse of all. The okay. guy had a collapse ball. Even long. in the minor leagues. He's he's not been able. I mean, he had an injury in the World Baseball Classic this past year with Italy, and then the whole. And then he came up in the short. It was a very short amount of time, and he hit well. This is a kid who wants to be up here. This is a kid who's always smiling. This is a kid who can hit. You know, maybe not hit for power, but he can hit. I give him
2: a shot. That was the case. they must sign Jay, resign Jay Bruce, or give him a qual. They're definitely giving him a qualified, a qualifying okay. offer, which will be sixteen million, I think, around there. If he doesn't take that, and you know what, he goes, he wants to go into free agency. We know that. Then you have to put Michael Conforto in right field, and then you platoon t- McGarrett's Nemo in center.
1: You see, I'm okay with playing Conforto yeah. in
2: center. If there's an open space in right field, you give that to Conforto because that's the strongest. Strongest position, a corner outfield.
1: Is like, I mean, you talk about Nemo staying healthy. What about Lagaris? Lagaris can't stay healthy.
2: Neither. Then you know what? That's why I'm. That's why I'm very on the edge of
1: Lorenzo Cain, and I'm not crazy it, on signing him either. You but know, what? I know he's going to want a long you, term. You convinced me to to go the other way with that. You know how I was high on that narrative. He's you convince old. me. He's thirty. I'm not crazy about signing a thirty-year-old center fielder. That's the only thing. Now, if he went, if his
2: value went down a little bit later in the off-season, cause his price, asking price is too high. He hasn't I, had. not had a great year. No, he hasn't. I consider maybe a two to three year. You
1: know. If they can get him at that, yeah, that's that's fine. Then you put Conforto right, and then I guess I'd be okay with. I, is it going to make me sick saying it? Estrival Cabrera third. Listen, I get it. He's a le You know, the one thing that really turned me off, Stephen, is when he was like a little child and said, well, I, if I'm not playing short, I want to be traded. I you, understand that. that. That turned me the wrong way too, but. Let me ask you something. You're employed by the Mets, right? You did the Fan Fest. Okay. If you, <laughs> or your employer, right? If your employer told you, Stephen, I want you to do this. Even though you're not comfortable with it, even though you, you, maybe you haven't done it, what do you do? What do you do?
2: Uh,
1: you do it. Yeah. Do you say do you do you say anything otherwise? No. That's with any job. Yeah. Okay. I'm the Mets. I'm Terry Collins. I'm Sandy Golderson. I tell you to do something. I'm paying you. I'm paying you nine million dollars. I tell you to do something. You're gonna do it. You're not gonna tell me you want to be traded. How mean, no. you just sit your you know what right there until I decide to trade you.
2: I'm not I'm not disagreeing with that.
1: So, I, I, that was the one thing that robbed me the wrong way, so if that's true, Cabrera.
2: But uh, another guy that like uh, we, we repeat on this topic all, like every week, but it's something that's really to consider. Travis Darno. I'm uh, fine with giving Travis Darnell another opportunity. That's one thing. Another
1: opportunity, Stephen. I was, of him a, I was skeptical of giving him one this You're year. You're saying Darnell's having a bad season? He was. I'm telling you, he should have a better one. Because you know what he's been—he's been hurt again, again. I would have. Well, you can't blame him for injuries. Yeah, I can. Why? Yeah. Well, no. Why are you blaming the player for injuries? Because that's considered injury prone. I don't want a player who's injury prone. That's not his fault
2: that he's injured.
1: You know why I was a little skeptical for the Yankees as as a if I was if I came from a Yankee fan perspective. Sonny Gray has been hurt the last two years. Sonny Gray has not played up to his pitched up to his ability because of his injuries the last few years. That's why i ske- I was skeptical about su- signing Sonny, or excuse me, about trading for Sonny Gray. You don't the injury prone guys. Are you you? We have fantasy football draft eventually. We don't know when. Eventually, are you going to take the guys that are injury prone? No. No, you stay away from those guys. You stay
2: away from a Travis. Well, I, we didn't even talk about this last Friday because the trade <laughs> deadline was on Monday. I wasn't a big fan of the trade uh, the Sonny Gray deal. I wasn't a big fan of it. I think the Yankees I gave up. I saw you
1: voice it on Twitter.
2: I think the Yankees gave up a lot for Sonny Gray. You know, a guy like you said is injury prone, and his value is only up because of the the market. Well, that's what you do. You sell high. And I don't think the Yankees, in my opinion, should have done it. I think they should have taken the chance on Chance
1: Adams. This is why. This is why you're gonna love this. Even if Cashman blew this deal. We're not gonna find out for another few, few years. Until 2020, at least. At least Caprillion's not gonna be ready till 2020. There's hasn't pitched the full season in two years. We have no idea what's going on. I mean, Dustin Fowler. When that happened, that was just us. That was that. That could be something that could alter someone's career. And Jorge Mateo. I mean, where is he playing? Yeah, Glaber Torres coming up. Yeah, D.D. at short. Starling Castro. You have Ronald Torres. You have guys in the infield. There's the possibility of Manny Machado still looms in a couple, for, that's a couple years away. Hey, I, well, where know, was he I know
2: playing? third baseman.
1: You no, know, no, he was playing center field, apparently, in the minor leagues. But, I mean, he had the dispute, got suspended last year. He had a dispute with the manager in single A last year. Um, I have some numbers for you. I like numbers. You know, I like numbers, right? Um, okay, let's see here. Rene Rivera is, well, that's not right. Okay, six home runs. Is that right? What are you saying Rene Rivera? I'm comparing the two, co- the catchers. Did you leave me alone? Can I do this? you let me do something for once in our relationship? Rene Rivera hitting 230. This isn't right. All right, never mind. I can't find it. The correct correct stat. I don't want Travis Darnell as my catcher. That's that's my point. I can't deal with it, Stephen. I can't deal with it anymore. He's been fine. No, he has. I can't deal with it. Stephen, he wasn't supposed to be fine. He was supposed to be really
2: good. Well, if you have other players in that lineup that can take the load off of that. He's been
1: good defensively. I'll admit it. He's been good defensively. So what's the difference between having him and having Brandon Nimmo out in right field if he's just going to be a bottom feeder hitter? At the bottom. Okay, of the I line. have a
2: question. Who's a better upgrade than Travis Dunn? and don't tell me Jonathan Lucroy.
1: Johnson lucroy I, I don't see it. Johnson Lucroy is a better is an upgrade. Not I much, but not much. Look at what season LuCroy's had. You know, I think it has a combination of Robinson Chirinos was hitting really well throughout the year. And I don't know what happened with him in in Texas, honestly. Um, I think a change of scenery would help him. I don't think you'd have to give up a ton to get him. But Travis Darnot this year is hitting... What,
2: 260, I guess?
1: No, 244. Sitting 244 with nine, home, nine runs. home runs, 34 RBIs, and 217 at-bats. Okay, let's see here. So Rene not- Rivera in 157 at-bats. 236, six home runs, 21 RBIs. So if we're essentially in the OPS between the two, Travis Darno 726, and, and Rene Rivera, 664. Okay. I'm not looking for a Mike Piazza catcher. Uh, no, I'm just looking for something competent. I can't do – and good defensively. If they're both – I told you this in the beginning of the year. If they're both going to be the eight-hitter, if there's no difference between really hitting the lineup and the production isn't exactly uh, far apart, I give me the better defensive guy. Give me the guy who can work a game better for the pitchers. It's not Darno. not. I think he's definitely been better than last year. Steven, you know what the thing is about you saying that? It didn't say much because he had an awful year last year. But you, you couldn't. It, it was really hard to get, to get worse. Would you rather take a positive or a negative on a year? I would take a positive, but the positive isn't substantial enough. i got to move on. i got to upgrade the position.
2: I don't think I'm on to move on. This. We will agree to disagree. I don't think you need to spend the money Luke Roy's going to get for a guy who's just a little bit better than Travis Now, Turner.
1: the wild card of all this. You know, we saw Tom, uh, Thomas Nitto hit well in the world's, what was that, the world's and the um, USA game, right?
2: Yeah.
1: If he's ready.
2: Not going to be ready. He's in single A. He's in double A. It's double A. If he's, I mean, how many times
1: have we seen a player come up from double A?
2: You don't want to rush these guys. Look at Look at Kevin Ploiecki. Kevin Ploiecki. Kevin
1: Ploiecki was never anything special. I mean, come He was on. a highly talented catching I mean, prospect for this team. never saw it, man. He never saw it with him. So it was Josh Toley. I mean, no, he was never. Yes, I I mean, at the time. I mean, that was a long time ago, let's be honest. Um, No, Steven, I, listen, this team is – I like what they did at the trade deadline, though. Trading Addison Reed. I mean, they traded for fireball throwers in the bullpen. They for Jamie Callahan. Drew Smith was from Tampa. Jamie Callahan <laughs> was
2: the guy from Triple A. The Mets said we could possibly see him
1: in September.
2: And then no, up. Notchisek, Steve Notrasek. And uh, the third guy is off the top of my head. I can't think of it. But three bullpen guys. Sandy Alderson's trying to fix this bullpen up for the future and even 2018 with the, you
1: know, with
2: receiver A.J. Ramos.
1: Well, Sandy Alderson looked at the problem, recognized it, and acted on it. You know, I mean, Drew Smith and one of the guys in the bullpen, one of the guys in the Red Sox deal we could possibly see for next year. We have Ramos. Familia should be back. And, you know, there's some guys out there, Steve. You know, Pat Neshek. Addison Reed, the possibility of bringing look, him look back. Look what Addison Reed done since he's off the Gregerson, horrible. Hey, it doesn't bother me. It really does. It doesn't bother me. Um, we're gonna take a quick break. We will have Rob Talbott. It's about time. It's been a while.
2: Well, we haven't really talked much hockey. So I, well,
1: guess. I, I see, after we took that little, we took our little vacation and came back, and by the time that happened, it was everything kind of simmered down. But we will discuss again. Isles, we'll recap Rangers. Isles, the the lack of. You know, didn't really do much. Rangers made some big splashes. Were inside some big guys, and we will discuss I mean, that. Uh, we'll talk. Oh, we'll fair. talk. You're such a hater. Boyce and I was back after this.
2: One six zero five five six two eight zero zero one. Press five to join the conversation. Also tune in on the I ninety five Sports Network. Uh, also, I wanted to mention to you before we have Rob Taub on the air, the Westland and Oz Show and S D podcast. Stephen Dan and Vin they'll be joining us on Monday, August seventh, I believe, uh, in New York City at Curtis Granderson's. We'll be Grandkids joining, Foundation. We'll be
1: joining them. Really. We'll be
2: joining them uh, at the Curtis Granderson uh, show, Grandkids Foundation. Uh, this is actually the tenth year, the anniversary, the tenth year anniversary of his charity event. So we're really looking forward to attending that and hopefully getting some cool interviews of Curtis Granderson and maybe some other players that'll be there. It
1: is a little bittersweet because Lucas Duda will not be now will not be attending.
2: But what I want, why I want, the reason why I wanted to mention this was because every listen to this show that you find on SoundCloud, and as well as S&D's show from last night, which was recorded, take a listen. Five dollars each listen. Uh, that will be donated to that cause. So make sure you find our social media links, and we'll get that up for you as soon as possible. But joining us right now is Rob Taub. Rob, it's been a long, long time. How are you doing, Rob? How you
1: doing? Rob, Tau. Rob, Rob's back.
0: Rob, how are you? It's been a while. I'm doing pretty good. You know, just watching the summer fly by. You know, we only got a few weeks left to wait. Left to wait till training camp. We just, you know, been working, and you know that's basically it. Just, just basically been working this summer.
1: Well, Rob, I know it's summer. You know, hockey season is, is quiet right now, but we're gonna lighten it up. Uh, Rob, it's been a while. and the last time uh, we spoke, I believe last time I think I spoke to Rob by myself. Um, he looked into his crystal ball and told me who was going to, which Rangers defenseman was going to get bought out. 30 minutes later it happened. And uh, he told me which Rangers player would be traded. And two weeks later, as we know, uh, Derek Stepan was traded. And I want to start with that. Rob, do you think that they traded Stepan and Ronta for the seventh overall pick and for 21-year-old Anthony D'Angelo, do you think they got enough value for what they gave up from Arizona?
0: Uh, I think it's uh, I think it's 50-50. Uh... I think we have to wait and see what, uh, D'Angelo brings to the table. I know that he wasn't the highest rated prospect they had out there in the desert, but I've also, I've heard a few things about his attitude that, you know, maybe coming to New York, uh, maybe that'll correct. And I'm sure he'll get a chance now to, you know, play, uh, be a regular instead of trying to fight for a spot. I think also the, the seventh overall pick they had, which was Elias Anderson. I think that's going to be the, uh, the premier a uh, player that they got from that deal. I think they got fair value. I honestly think they do. Like I told you, you know, when the playoffs were over, I thought Stefan's time was up. I didn't think Ronto was going to be a Ranger much longer. I thought he was going to be uh, going to Vegas in the expansion draft. I thought that's who they were going to take. Didn't happen, but I guess Jeff Gordon saw uh, uh, the G, uh, Jeff Gordon saw that, you know, he needed to make a change. He saw that Ronta was maybe he was going to ask too much money. But all in all, I think they got fair value for the trade. I think we just have to wait to see what D'Angelo becomes. What becomes of D'Angelo. I know he's a former first-round pick only a few years ago, and then you got Wyatt Anderson. If he can, uh, I was listening to, I was watching the uh, the World Junior Showcase, and Craig Button is so high on this guy. He thinks that he could be in the Ranger lineup sooner than later. So it's going to be it'll be uh, interesting to see what comes of the uh, what comes out of that deal. But I think the Rangers they get fair value. You
1: didn't light me on, on their second first round pick. All I heard was that they reached. The kid was 17. I, you know, it was a bad pick. I, you can shine some light on this pick for me. The second one, I, the guy
0: remember. to be honest, uh, to be honest, I really, I haven't, I don't know who he is. Uh, I'd have to look him up right now. I, I've, I've just heard more about Anderson more than, uh, the, the, the second guy they picked in the first round. Uh, you'd have to, you know, you'd have to tell me his name for me to remember, but. I don't remember hearing much about him. I, I, it's more—it's been more about what uh, this kid Anderson is going to bring the, to the table. They think, supposedly, you know, they think he's part of the—he's going to be one of the big players in the future for the team in the next few years. Possibly, maybe he'll, you know, get top six minutes within the next few seasons. Or, I mean, once he's done over in uh, once he's done over in Sweden, you know, he'll he'll get his game back here. I think we just have to wait and see. It. Uh, the, but the second, uh, the second guy they picked in the first round, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm walking on eggshells because I, I really don't – I kind of forgot who he was because it's been all about Anderson this summer. So,
1: uh, Yeah, I mean, like I said, it, the guy was kind of unknown, especially being as as he is. Rob, um, well, before that – no, it was after. You know, the biggest free agency splash was arguably made by the Rangers. Uh, some people, you know, it looks like he took a discount. A lot of people still think he was overpaid. What do you think about the value of this Kevin Shattenkirk deal? I
0: love the Kevin, I love the Kevin Schattenkirk deal, and I'll tell you why. Because he wanted to come here. He wasn't forced to come here. He wasn't, you know, the he took less money to play for the Rangers than go to the Devils or the Bruins or the Sabers. So he wanted to come here. I gotta love that about a guy who he's a homegrown, he's a he's a hometown kid. He wants to come here. He wants to win a Stanley Cup. He said it the first. He said it a few hours after he signed. He came to the Rangers because he thinks he has a shot at a Stanley Cup. I love the four-year contract. I think it's it's just the right amount of time to see whether. I I think he'll be in his thirties by the time that contract is up. I'm not entirely sure, but I think that four years is a great great time period to see if this guy is going to be the guy who you know part of the puzzle that leads you to the cup or if uh if, I mean I don't think he's going to be a mistake i don't I think the Rangers knew that he was the top guy on their list, whether some people wanted to say or wanted, whether some people wanted to say that they were out on him or not. He wanted to come to the Rangers. that's all that matters. He wants to win a stanley cup he see It's not to say that the Rangers' window is basically closing. It's it's still in the it's still on the verge of closing the Stanley Cup window because you're only going to have Henrik Lundqvist for so much longer. But bringing in a guy like Shattenkirk to play with Ryan McDonough while the kid while the kid is in his prime, I mean, there, there's nothing more you can ask for. I think they got fair value on the deal. Uh, I think it's a it was a great contract, uh, residing from how much the Rangers got in cap space over the summer with Cam McLean retiring, with uh, Dan Girardi being bought out, with them making the trade. Stefan and Ranta, I think they just got they got the best deal out of out of uh, Shattenkirk.
1: And before we get into this, I see my co-host getting very antsy over here. You can be a little nervous. Uh, the, <laughs> Rangers came to an agreement with Mika Zibanejad, Uh I believe it was four or five years, around $27 million. Uh, Rob, did they overpay
0: for him? I don't think they – I can't – I wouldn't say they overpay for him, but I think – and here's my problem with that deal – that's the type of money you give a guy who you're going to expect way too much from. Zabinajad when he was in Ottawa, he was a second-line center. That's what he was projected to be when he was drafted. I think the Rangers want him to be a first-line center. And I've talked with a few uh, – uh, a person who's been around the Rangers for the past year now who's gotten a little bit closer to, to management is one of my colleagues uh, with San. And he, and he was told that they they want – they wanted Zibanejad to be a second line center, but I think now they project him to be a first line center. I don't know. If, I think he will be able to carry the load. You saw last year. You saw the potential before he got hurt. You saw he could have he could play uh, on the first line. But I'm just a little skeptical to see if they ask too much of him because we've seen with guys who come to the Rangers when they get asked too much of them, they start to flow, they fade into the spotlight. They don't they don't shine. We saw with Rick Nash. I mean, I know he's had a good career. he's had a good uh, time here with the Rangers, but we've seen Rick Nash, with Pavel Bure, with Yamir Yager, with you know the names go on and on. So it'll be we have to wait and see what Zubinaj had. I, I like the contract. I thought it was fair. Uh, I just I want to see if if they ask too much of him, will that contract you know become a burden?
1: Yeah, God, I hope not because I. I... I. If I don't have a cup before I die. I'm gonna die very sad. Stephen, go ahead.
0: You're not gonna. You're not going die anytime soon. So. Oh I mean, I hope not. But if, if there's a cup, but I'll go down happy. Stephen.
2: Now you know, Rob, getting into the aisles a little bit. I uh, no one.
3: Oh
2: boy. No um. Well, earlier this offseason, the island was traded. going Strong for Jordan Everly, and you know what? I was hoping this wasn't the only move. for Garth,
0: but. First start, uh, I'll take Everly. What do you think about that? I like the Everly trade. I know some people who didn't because they want to see more from Snow, but he got fair value for for Everly. I, I I like I said for you know the past few months that Strom, his time in here, his time here was up. You know they gave him a shot. He didn't work well with Cappy. He he started to work well with Wade, but you saw he started to fade again. and You started start to see start to become the the player of old that you didn't want to see. So I like the Everly deal. I've said it before. He played with John he's best friends with John Tavares. You know, they had chemistry. They had it when they were younger. Now it's time to see if they have it now. I'm sure they will. I think that he can elevate Tavares' game and I think Tavares can elevate his game. The one thing with Everly and people have brought this up to me is he couldn't play with Connor McDavid. That is a huge, huge you know, minus that you couldn't play with the best player in the world. I mean, the guy, he makes everyone around him better. So it'll be interesting to see what he does with Tavares because I think I've heard this from people also. He's coming in with a chip on his shoulder. I've heard, I, I think I told you guys when, uh, I don't know if I told you when they, when they were thinking about going after him, they said he plays a soft game. He's, you know, he doesn't use his body. He—he he you know he doesn't, He's not a physical player. So the interesting thing will be to see if he, you know, completely eight does a 180 with this game and becomes a much more physical player and plays with that chip on his shoulder, to, you know, to prove the the critics wrong about why he was traded from Edmonton.
2: Well, we'll have to see about that. But I don't. I think this could possibly be Severus' best line mate since Thomas Vanek back a couple of years ago. Uh, but I agree. A, assuming it's you know. League to theirs and Everly. We'll have to see where, you know, Eberle's selection comes from that. So, you so know, going on to the next deal Snow made Travis Haminer. You know, a, a non surprising move. Uh, kinda of surprised with what we got back what they got back in the turn though.
0: Well, uh, the guy wanted Snow wanted two first round picks and I thought when I heard that was astronomical and it became astronomical. So I think what he got he kind of had to bite the bullet and just what Calgary offered him. It was the best offer he was going to get. I I did hear that they were in talks. We saw I did read they were in talks with Toronto and Van like was on the table, but he didn't want to come here, which I have no problem with. That's his decision. But I believe that Snow was not going to get the same value that he got with Calgary for Hamanek. I mean Hamanek was coming off his worst season as a pro. Uh, I mean I know he was he you know the health bug bit him this year, but you know, I just think the the honeymoon needed to be over. I think this is the one thing with Garza. though. So, I think he's too loyal to some of his guys. When he he doesn't see the bigger picture when it comes to winning championships or even making it, you know, to the conference finals. He play he has too much loyalty to these guys who start off great. You know, they they start to fade a little bit, bounce back, and then they go back to fading. It's the same way with Ryan Strom. Started off great. Started to fade, bounce back a little bit, and then he and then he faded back into obscurity again. So I think with the Hamanick deal, I, I like the package that they got back. Would yeah. I like to see them get a player back? Absolutely. That they that could have been uh, beneficial toward the lineup, sure. But those two those picks that he got can be used in another trade. Hopefully, sometime either before this season or sometime during the season. So I'm not going to say I'm mad about the Hamanick deal. I can see why some people are a little bit because he was a heart and soul type guy. But I think it was time to finally cut the cord. And I know that – I remember I tweeted when I was told – uh what a guy – he was in Chicago. He had people in Chicago, and he was told with the Hamannic situation that maybe the – I can't say the trade was rescind, uh, that was rescinded was the trade request that he had was ever rescinded. Some people say it didn't happen, but I heard that he was going to stay here if God couldn't find him a home. He had no problem staying here, but he did want out. He did. He wants to be closer to home. He's now in Calgary. I have no. I you know I wish him the best of luck. I I loved him as an hound. He was great. He was great in the community. He was great. Uh, he was a great leader on and off the ice. But I think it was finally time, and I think they got the right deal for him. Now I guess
2: what? move on to one more question before we have to let you go. Uh, Calvin DeHaan recently signed his one-year, three-point deal. What ha- what happened with that?
0: I. I kind of, you know, it's funny you mentioned DeHaan, because I got a call from Stan right after the deal was made, and he's like, can you give me everything you have on DeHaan and why the why that contract was the way it was? And I basically look at it this way. I think, yes, he was their best defenseman last year. I think Snow wants to see how much more he can elevate his game this coming season. I think he, before he commits long-term to a guy like DeHaan, who has had injuries in the past, but... He you, he's shown over the past two years that he's a very steady defenseman. I think he wants to see how much more he can how much more he can do for this team, how much more he can contribute. So I think the 3.3 million, I have no problem with that. I, I do, I did think that one year, like it's a prove it, it's a more of a show me more type uh, message from Snow, from the organization to Dahan. If they gave him like four years with that contract. People would have been, you know, dancing in the streets because that's a great value for a guy who's only 26 years old. But I think they want more. I think weight, and I think the new coaching staff and Snow want to see how much more of this guy can bring to the table. Because you have to look at it this year. He's probably going to be playing with a, a new. He's going to be on a, with a new def, uh, a pair on defense, probably either with Pulak or Pellick or maybe even Scott Mayfield. I don't. He's going to be the number three defenseman. That's basically set in stone. I don't think he's ready to be. I don't think he, I mean I don't think he can't be a number one or number two. Maybe if Borchev begins to break down, then you could put Han up there. But I think it's more they want to see what else he can bring uh, bring to the table after almost like they don't want last year to be a fluke. You know he was one of the, he was the best defenseman last year. He, still, he blocked 190 shots, was fourth in the league, fourth in the league overall in doing that. He had 20, um, he had 25 points overall, which was a great that's a great season. By defensive standard for a a solid number three or number four defenseman, but I think they just don't want. This. They want to see if last season wasn't a fluke, and he could really become. He could become that guy that for the next five to six or seven years they could depend on as their number three defenseman uh, for I think the long haul. Well,
2: Rob, you no, know, it's always great having you on. Unfortunately, we don't have. Much more time, but we'll have to definitely get you back on soon talk about Belmont. A couple more things,
3: but uh,
0: thank you well. For- just to, sorry, just to say one thing about Belmont. I'm not going to get anyone's hopes up. I've seen things now starting to trickle out. We saw the article yesterday. Someone anonymous anonymously sent me a message on Wednesday night, saying that his his father is is friends with the mayor of Floral Park, and that person, and the Merrill Park, I forgot his, I think it's Lomborgati or whatever, he's been he's been told that it's a done deal and the Islanders probably will be the winning, bit. they're probably coming to Belmont. I'm not saying, I have my, my. Uh, I'm not taking that 100% accurate, but that's just what I was told. Not trying to get anyone's hopes up, but that's, you know, things are starting to trickle out now. And the one other thing he told me was that if they do win, it won't be announced, at least for probably 10 months. So right around the time, if they do win, it'll be around the time that John Tavares needs to resign.
1: My name is the Islanders and someone give me a home, <laughs> Rob. Rob, thank you again. Hopefully uh, the, the uh, stadium thing develops more and uh, we'll talk to you again soon.
0: Yep. Have a good one guys.
1: Thanks Rob. Rob, uh, Rob Tab. Dan Official Hockey. I am um, John Tavares. I am the Islanders. Somebody please give me a home. I feel, you know, I, I'm serious as a Ranger fan. I would rather see the. I would rather see them, um, be back on the island. I just think it's a more. It's more fun. I think, um, and uh, I think it's just better because most of the fans are here. Is this? Oh, ho, 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 ho. Mr. Joe Kuzamano on with us. Joe, how you doing?
3: Good afternoon. How you
1: doing, Joe? Joe,
3: he's silent. Joe, are you okay? He's I don't know where to start. First well,
1: of all, you, you and Rob got to sit down, have a beer, and just 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 make amends, man. I don't know what's going on with you two.
3: I'm going to need a lot more than a beer. Uh, anyway. Errol, get knocked Errol, the, aisles are, the aisles are going to Belmont, and if they don't, you could punch me in the nuts while you wear your Ranger jersey, okay? <laughs> that's well, the first step. I... Uh... I don't know what to say to that one. I'd rather have him back at the Coliseum. That's just me, no, no. Um Yeah, I, I mean, the Coliseum is seven minutes from my house, and I'd honestly rather drive my car into a brick wall at 90. But that's besides the point. Anyway, I want to talk about, you know, you touched on the Strom for Eberle deal, which I love because Jordan Eberle, You know, your boy Tob comes on there and talks about his down season, not being able to play with McDavid. He still put up 51 points. This is a guy who John Canvara has personally asked for, okay? Great chemistry with him, a great friend of his. Talk about Ryan Strom's down, up, down, whatever you want to call it. Rob seemed to forget that Ryan Strom's down second half was because he broke his wrist against the Rangers and was out for the year. Down the stretch, Doug Wade took over. Strom was a point per game player after that until he got hurt.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, Everly, with Everly, you get more more veteran presence. Obviously, you get a better player in general. So the one thing when they the, the one thing that threw me off, and maybe it's just because you guys had too many defensemen is when you traded Hamannick for draft picks. I mean, that's just more of a seller move to me when it looks like the island. I mean, Garf Snow is operating like this is his last shot. This is his last shot to make the playoffs. This is his last shot for his team to make a run in the playoffs. And then they turn right around and, and trade Hamannick for assets. I, just, I That I didn't get. Uh,
3: it, to me, personally, I, I love the deal if you take those assets and you go and move them and get another piece. Look, I'm not I'm not going to sit here and say mortgage the whole world for a guy like Matt Duchesne who only put up nine more points than Brock Nelson who's currently slated to be your number two center. And no, Stephen, I am not coming on this show and defending Brock Nelson by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> but, you know, these are things you got to think about. Don't forget, next year's draft is a very deep draft.
2: Yeah, one of the best they're saying uh, in the past couple of years So. No, maybe Garth, told, Garth does hold on to the picks. We'll see what happens. I, I, I
3: don't know. You know, I see a lot of people guys that are freaking out that don't that don't realize this is gonna be a better hockey team.
1: No, no doubt about that. Listen, first you know, first and foremost is more stability at the goalie uh at the goalie position which is going to help. Everly is an upgrade over Strom. Pulak, I don't know what, someone explained to me what happened last year. I know he was hurt, but was, he was in the minors for a good amount of time. I mean, he'll be up next year. Who's He's going to make count. Know, we saw from well, we a couple years camp. ago, this guy is explosive. Uh, he's fun to watch. So he's going to be, he, he should be up. I would assume that he's going to be up this year. It should be a better hockey team. But the thing is, Joe, you said it. There's a big hole at the second line center. You know, I don't know if you want Brock Nelson in there. And how much are you guys willing to give up for a Matthew Shane, who apparently, I and mean, Colorado Colorado's wants, you know the moon and the sun for him. He's
3: not willing so to give. They it. want. They want Bars and Sorokin. You know your top two prospects, arguably at the minimum. And to me, I'm not ready to do that. I, I wouldn't mind seeing what you have in a Matthew Bars out, who's torn up every level of competition he's been on.
1: And what's Duchesne's contract look like? Is
3: it? You guys got him. For, is I've,
1: he in the contract for a few more years?
3: I believe it's another year or two. I'm not sure on that.
1: Okay, so even if you don't give up that much to get
3: up a guy like that. So,
1: Joe, I'm curious about your opinion. No, 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 no. Leave me alone. Leave me alone, Mr. Weissman. This is the last time you're going to see me for a few weeks. So, Joe, what did you think of of the Kevin Shattenkirk? I'm curious of your opinion.
3: Uh, no I one think it's a move the Rangers had to make. I, I like what Rob said. You know, he's he's a hometown boy. He wanted to be here. Um, what, what makes me nervous about this guy is, I don't know what it was, but watching him in the playoffs with Washington, the guy was a shell of his former self.
1: Uh, I mean, he makes a good point there. I just, I've never seen such a, I feel like a spoiled fan base. I feel like, like I feel like Ranger fans are just, other than myself, I, they're, I feel like they're just spoiled. I mean, this is a team that, these are fans that were okay with not giving Keith Yandle, or no, they were angry about not giving Keith Yandel 7 for 42. And the next thing you know, they give someone who could very well be better and younger uh, 4 for 27, and all of a sudden, uh, the world's going to end. But, Joe, Joe, I, I was texting you before, but you are coming on for NFL preview show, right? I and look what...
3: forward to it, my weekly NFL appearance.
1: I don't know if you heard already. Stephen already made the pipe dream prediction of the season. Carson, Stephen, you want to tell him Scott. ahead. knows? Carson, sure Carson Wentz will be a top three quarterback in the NFC. So whether it's Rodgers, Matt Ryan, Russell Wilson, you know, he's going to thrown one of them. According to Steven, Carson Wentz will dethrone one of them as a top three quarterback in the NFC.
3: I I really want some of the drugs that your co host does.
1: Steven, will Brock Osweiler win the Cleveland Browns quarterback, job? Yeah. Oh, Jesus it's Christ. It's either him or Cody Kessler, so... I guess the song Kaiser doesn't matter. Oh, it's gonna be It's going to be a long, fun season. I don't... Uh, Joe? Oh, we
3: are going to have some fun, gentlemen.
1: Oh, we always will. And Joe, don't forget, September 16th is coming closer and closer and closer.
3: I look forward to sitting down with you boys and the guys on the S&B podcast for another round of fun.
1: For eight hours, Joe. Can you handle eight hours for Steven? Oh, man.
3: Or seven? Uh, Whatever it is. Seven hours with Big Daddy. That's. I, I think I spent close to ten with him last night, so. Yeah. <laughs> and I
1: think we did all right. <laughs> Joe, we always appreciate you coming on, and we love to talk to you, and we'll talk to you again soon.
3: Guys, always a pleasure.
1: Always a pleasure, Bye, Joe. Joe. Um three. Uh, now, you know we're on the football subject, and Stephen, i, I got to ask you a series of questions. And I want you to just answer yes or no. As you know, um, Ryan Tannehill got hurt again. It's a sad thing. I, I've never been a big fan of Ryan Tannehill. I've never seen the praise in him, but uh, you never want to see anyone get hurt. And it looks like he's going to have to have that knee uh, surgery on that knee again.
2: So yeah, he's going to be out, for the, out for the season.
1: Stephen, I have a quick question for you. I have a few questions. Um, it pertains to Colin Kaepernick, and it really is. This man, week one, rolls around, and Matt Moore's under center for Miami, and God knows Ryan Mallett's under center for Baltimore because Joe Flacco, you know, we still it. I mean, with the back, you never know. We see, we're fans of a team where, you know, our captain has had back surgery, neck surgery, and that's a non-contact sport. The guy can't play, right? Yeah. So you never know what's going to happen in a contact sport. Stephen, did Colin Kaepernick kill anyone? No. Did he put his hands on a woman in a physical, angry nature? No. Did he get arrested for a DUI or DWI? No. He ever been charged for any, ha- having any possession of drugs ever? Not that I know of. Did he commit any crime? No. Did he break a law? No. Did he exercise his constitutional right yeah. within this country? Okay. So people can forgive dog fight people who abuse and make dogs fight each other, a la Michael Vick. People can accept, people can forgive someone who for uh, domestic abuse, a la Ray Rice, Greg Hardy. I mean, Greg Hardy, I mean, people couldn't wait to pick up Greg Hardy. Are we sure that Colin Kaepernick isn't better? Than Joe Flacco. Are we sure Colin Kaepernick wouldn't have been better than Brian Tannehill? Yes, because yes. I don't think Colin Kaepernick's a good quarterback. I'm really, you know what, Stephen? I don't know if he's not. I don't know if he can still play. He, he was on. He was he on a. Te- Super Bowl. He was on a team that was so astronomically bad in San Francisco. He w- he gave him. He put up numbers. He played well. They couldn't win anything. He peaked in the Super Bowl. Colin is playing blackball and I can't stand it because every NFL GM, owner, and coach should be ashamed of themselves. I don't if know if they're afraid.
2: Team. I don't know if they're afraid of the dra- dr- drama with him. Or- know, I, can,
1: I can understand not, ha- you know, not wanting that kind of publicity from a backup quarterback or, you know, a low-level starter. But don't lie about it. I mean, Ozzie Newsome and, and the the um, uh, his name his name left my mind for a second, but the the owner of the Ravens. They had to take a poll with their sponsors and their fans. If he can help, look at Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones has been defending Ezekiel Elliott since allegations came out about him, which I understand. You know, that's your guy, but don't defend him and then cut Lucky Whitehead, who did absolutely absolutely nothing. You know, that's the thing. That's the problem, that's the problem that I have with these owners and these GMs. Don't lie to the media. We all know. We all know that you're bluffing. So don't do it. If Colin Kaepernick can help you win, sign him. I get it. People are very angry. Listen, I can't defend. I'm not going to defend what he did. I don't agree with what he did. But he did not commit a crime. He did not. No drugs were involved. Yeah. We've seen Adam, jo- Adam Jones, man. Adam Pac-Man Jones.
3: Yeah.
1: Manslaughter. Got welcomed back with open arms by the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Mixon. Everyone deserves a second chance. The thing with Colin Kaepernick, though, I don't think he deserves a second chance because I don't think he did anything to ruin his first one. Plaxico right. Burris, jailed two years. People couldn't wait to pick him up. That's just so – You got, said it. It's just – it's going to bother me if he's on on team. team. Um, Didn't even get into the joint. No, I mean, listen, a lot of, you know, early injuries to the Jets, both two sprained ankles, Jamal Adams and Sterling Shepard. Apparently it was a lot I mean he got caught off the field. Apparently like there was a big scare. But the Giants kinda of downplayed it for Shepard presumably. was crying. Yeah, I know you know I mean who said he was crying? Were you close enough to see was someone really that close to see if someone he was crying or not? You know, he said he's alright. The Giant you know, the Giants aren't the Mets. You know, when they diagnose a player they tell us the truth about it. Shepard said he's
2: gonna be ready for week one and that's all that matters. If he's out the rest of preseason training camp, that is a-OK with me.
1: Jeff Wilpons were owning the team. I'm sure they would have said, ah, MRI is not needed. Don't worry about it. He'll heal." Um, Jamal
2: Adams is pretty huge for the Jets. Uh, even if, you know, it is just for a little while, this guy is probably the only guy you're going to be watching no, this season. No, I
1: think, Mar- I, I, listen, there's some – I'm looking forward to Marcus Myers, mayors the kids the safety, other safety out of Florida. I'm looking forward to Jamal Adams. I'm looking forward to – I see an – I'm I mean, looking well, forward you're... to see what Christian Hackenberg can do. He should be if he's not starting by week one. And if I'm the Jets fans, I would tell him just give up already. Right. You know. So uh, I mean, listen, we'll see as that progresses. Stephen, we have football next Friday, although it is not much. We had football last night, but right. um, Anthony Brown actually pulled his hamstring last night. Cornerback, for the, then he's kind of lined up to be the number one cornerback for the Cowboys. So another um,
2: injury, another player down the drain for the Cowboys. Yeah.
1: And, <laughs> Before we go, I got to say, the Cowboys got the Cowboys got um, Cowboys got fined for the second year in a row for having too many people suspended before the season That's Sorry. great. Oh God, Stephen, uh, we will see i95 Sports Network in a couple weeks. Uh, we will not be doing a show next week. I will be getting my tonsils. Good luck out. to you, Errol. Thank you, Stephen. You'll be fine. Oh God, I, I can't drink for two weeks.
2: What's <sighs> going Back in two weeks.
1: Yeah. Bye, guys.